You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew. And uh, we've been talking about bearing fruit and that there's a natural result uh, that takes place uh, when we're bearing fruit, when we're following grace and it's at work in our lives, uh, there's something that happens naturally in, in bearing fruit. And we are to bear fruit. We know that God is after a result. And today, the title of my message is The Body of Christ. And uh, when we talk about the body of Christ, our minds should go straight to a body of believers in Jesus. That's what the body of Christ is. It's a body of believers. And uh, in Matthew 5, 16, it says, let your light shine so that people can see your good deeds that are at work. See, there should be a body of believers. Uh, It should be very hard to uh, put an identity other than Christ on it. Come on, are y'all hearing me? And I just want to lay some things out here. It should be, listen, the body of Christ is so diverse and should be so diverse and so different, but yet they should all be the same. See, that's why God said we are living stones. Stones, there's not one stone that's the same. They're all different. God didn't say we were bricks because bricks are all the same. They're all the same. And we want churches to be cookie cutter. Come on. But God said, I want living stones. We should be so diverse And yet so identifiable that people should be looking at us going, oh, you're one of those. Come on. That's what they should, we should be so different, but yet everybody should go, oh, you're one of those. Because of our deeds should show so shine before men. See, they shouldn't see and draw our identity by our denomination but by our deeds, by our fruit. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Come on, you can go to Jose's and you can see every denomination in there. You don't even have to. Come on. I mean, you can tell the Assembly of God, the Pentecost, the Baptist. You can, I mean, you can tell them all. The Mormons, you can tell them all. Oh, well, Mormons cult. No, let me tell you, they think they're Christians. <laughs> Come on. See, in today's culture of religion and denominations, we have several different identities of Christianity which was not God's intent. And it has caused a decline and a distress in the body. Come on. What does the word say? A house divided can't? Jesus said that, right? See, all through the Bible we see God's intent and example of 
when we don't follow his intent. Look in Matthew 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable Jesus is saying here. He says, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a tower, and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey. And when the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive his produce. And the vine growers took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again, he sent another group of servants larger than the first. And they did the same thing to them. But afterwards, he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine growers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. And they took him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now, here's what you've got to understand. You have to realize this is God setting his vineyard up. It's very important that you see that the, he rented it out. What we have here today, we are just stewards of. Yes. We're just renting this thing out. And so the vine growers that rented it out are the spiritual leaders. Come on. And God did everything he could do. Put a wall around it. He, listen, he made the soil. He got the soil ready to receive the seed. And then what he did was, is he dug a wine vat in it. In other words, he said, I'm not just going to set this up where you can grow something. I'm going to make it where you can produce something. I'm going to put a place of process where I can get a product and then come back and check it out. And so the servants that he sent back were the prophets and the messengers throughout the years, come on, to check on his vineyard. And what happened was, is the vine growers killed the servants that he sent. And he said, well, they won't. I'll send my son. They'll respect my son. So he sends the son. Come on, who's the son? Jesus. See, when Jesus told parables and told stories, it all has a meaning. He's not just telling things. It's, yeah, it's not just story time. And then the vine growers who were renting out the vineyard that he put, and then it also says he built a tower in it. Come on, for protection. He set them up for success, to be prosperous. Come on. 
He didn't say, okay, here, here's this vineyard. I did everything. Now you take a vow of poverty and you're... <laughs> he wants a result. Come on. He wants it to bear fruit and not only to bear fruit, but to make a product. Right? So he sends the son. The son comes. And they say, this is the heir. Now here's what's real important. And this is what caused all the problems that we have today. It's called trespass. Lord, forgive us of our trespass, right? See, we always have an enemy trying to cause us to trespass. Because what happens is, is those vine growers said, wait a minute. Now, if we kill the heir, we can have lordship. See, that's what got the devil. He's wanting lordship. Come on. And he's always trying to deceive us into taking on lordship. This is mine. Look what I did. I did it my way. Come on. That's old Blue Eyes' number one hit. Yeah, you did it your way. How's that working? <laughs> so see, God's intent is for results to bear fruit, to get a product. See, we're stewarding this. We're stewarding life here. See, that was the ultimate trespass that got the devil and a host of demons kicked out. See, God has always had an expectation for the body of Christ. Always. There's always been an expectation and somehow we've missed it. And look in Isaiah chapter five because see what Jesus was talking about here, Isaiah had already talked about. And Jesus was using the old, this parable to, in an Old Testament authority here to make his point of what God's intent is. And see, we miss these things all the time because we, we haven't really put a, we, we've never made this Bible relevant for everyday life. Come on. And this Bible is relevant for everyday life, for our success, for us to be protected, for us to have a place to produce the fruit and the yield and to have a product for the kingdom of heaven. See, God has already set this thing up. We just have to learn to walk in it. God wants you successful. God wants you to be prosperous, healthy, whole. Come on. He always told the people after he healed them, now behold, behold. He didn't just want you still walking around. You know, listen, I can't tell you how many times the enemies tried to bring back my chronic back pain. I'm telling you, 
I can't tell you how many times he's tried to bring it back, tried to bring back my ankle problems. Oh, man. I, I'm telling you, you walk across our parking lot at our house down there, even this one, and, and the least little rock would, I, oh, man, it just ankles swell back up. Hey, I've hit them rocks, and I've just, like I had a brand new set of ankles. I'm telling you, yes, thank you, Lord. I believe. Come on, I'm telling you. The enemy's always going to try to take back. He's always going to try to take it back. Yeah. And that's what's scary. Well, you just said it right there, push back. We're living in a society with no pushback. My God, I, I about got kicked out of the Indian Reservation gas station yesterday. I didn't know. I thought we were over it and past it. And I'm walking in and I, I hear everybody behind the counter, sir, 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 sir. She finally goes, Pastor David. I'm like, what? Do you have a mask? The guy, I said, no, I ain't got no mask. I got a pee. And then I then I got ticked because I'm like I'm out at the gas at the fuel pump and it's just barely going, and I'm like I wish you'd put that much effort in changing the filters in your fuel as trying to get me to wear a filter. I'm like I thought there's no pushback, no pushback. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. says, let me sing now for my beloved, my well-beloved, a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill, and he dug it all around, removed its stones, and planted it with the choice vine. And he built a tower in the middle of it, hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. And now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why? When I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? Listen, that word produce means accomplish and advance. That's what God wants for his church. He wants it to accomplish something and he wants it to advance. He doesn't want it in decline and in distress. And when it is in decline and distress, we need to talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, and if we don't figure out, we'll never go the opposite direction of decline and distress when we should be accomplishing something and advancing. But that's not what we've been doing. 
So at some point, listen, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box, but I know when something ain't working. Listen, I don't have to be a theologian and have studied years in some Vatican somewhere or some seminary somewhere to find out that something ain't working. I can look at the culture that's going on and I can see something ain't working. Something ain't right. And let let me (laughs) say Here's what we've been doing at the ranch. Our arena, we bring dirt in. You know, it's, a, it's constant, always bringing dirt. I had the bright idea years ago that we're not going to drag two foot close to the fence because 30 years prior, I always see the sand going out of the arena, right? And it always builds up on the outside. So I thought, hey, here's what I'll do. We just won't drag two foot right here along this fence. We'll let the grass hold the sand, keep our sand. But here's what we did not see. (laughs) Oh, man. Is the ground packed hard all around the outside. And so we were... Dragging the sand, and it's soft in the middle, but the problem is, is your water goes through the sand, hits the clay, and runs out because you got that crown, right? That's how arenas are supposed to be. But what happened was, is the water would go through the sand, hit the clay, uh uh-oh, and stop. It couldn't get out. And so where used to, the arena would just dry out in the day. Now it's like the sand is like, yeah, it's like quicksand. And so Josh is like, we're digging it out. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to dig all that out. Man, you know what that, let me tell you something. We got a monument to the largest cow pie down there because you can't pile sand up. When it's wet, it just goes out and it looks like a perfect cow pie about that tall. (laughs) But when something ain't working, you don't just keep, you're going to have to figure out, wait a minute, we got to cut these edges down, cut us some drains in it, and then come back, crown it up so water can get out of here. If not, you're just going to be walking, wading around in slop, muck, and mire, griping and complaining. Come on. And you know what it takes? Work. It just takes work. And that's where we're at as the body of Christ, work. It's going to cost you. It's going to sacrifice. You're going to have, come on. And you're going to have to look at how we're going to fix this. What are we going to do to make this better where we can produce? Because if we can't get in the arena, Josh can't do what he needs to do to produce a product. Come on. Because that's what we're after. 
We're not just after having a pasture full of eating animals. <laughs> Tim, I get my amen section right here. Yeah. It costs to feed them. So they got to produce. And if you can't do, come on. It's the same way God says, all right, look, we got to do some things here. We may have to dig some things out. We may have to shake some things off. But man, let me tell you something. I want to accomplish something and I want to advance this thing. And let me tell you something. You can't advance if you're not accomplishing nothing. Oh, man. You know what worthless means? It says, but it produced worthless, wild, stinky, poisonous. Wild, stinky, poisonous. Come on. Worthless grapes. That's what it produced. And here's what's really... He says, I've set you up for success. What more must I do? Come on. See, the breakdown of faith came first in America. And, and that's what gets me, is that we were founded on biblical principles. Faith. Listen, the very Constitution was only written after prayer and fasting. And so the breakdown of faith came first. Then the breakdown of morality. Then the breakdown of the family. Come on. See, it's just, it, it, it's a cycle that happens when faith, when the vineyard is producing worthless grapes. Come on, does that make sense? See, we can see a very clear problem in our culture today. Look in verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. See, we, have, we are living in that scripture right now. We're living in that, where we call evil good and good evil. We're, we're living in that. See, God has set everything in order for our success we just have to go about it as he intended. See, where we get in trouble is when we lose faith and trust in God during the process. That's where we lose it. And because the deal is, God's trying to grow us and mature us in the faith as we trust in him. See, we have to mature. We have to mature. It's, it's amazing to me how many bodies are not mature. The, 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 they're just not mature. 
I can't tell you how many pastors that I talk to who don't understand the Word of God. I, I, it's amazing to me. This, and, and listen, we can't try and produce a product another way than what was designed. We're never going to produce a product other than what God... Listen, there is a reason that chemical plants say, this is the process we're doing, we're doing it this way. You can't just go up in there and start twisting knobs, pushing buttons, thinking, I'm going to do this my way today. You're going to blow something up. You. See, the scary thing about people leaving a church is not the people leaving. <laughs> Let me say that again. The scary thing about people leaving churches, because they're leaving all over the country. People are leaving churches. The scary thing about it is, it's not the people leaving. It's the leadership of what they're going to try to do to get the people to stay. That's the scary thing. Because leadership gets to panicking and then they start trying to create programs, come on, and things that just aren't God. When, when, when it's two things that leadership and yourself have to always remember, is this a faith, te faith test or do I need to repent? Is this repentance or obedience? See, those are the two things that'll keep you in line. And it keeps leadership in line. Do we need to repent or do we need to obey and wait on God? Because I'm telling you, as a spiritual leader and people coming and going, people coming and going, it's easy to get anxiety and go, what's going on? What's wrong with me? See, that's always the first thing. Who did I offend? Who did I, come on. Yeah, who did Wendy offend? Who did Shawnee offend? <laughs> I throwed her in there because she's always worried about that. You know, who did my kids offend? Come on. That's what we usually get, don't we? Yeah. And so, no, wait a minute. Maybe they just went to the lake. <laughs> you know? See, so leadership has to be very careful. Listen, what are your, what, listen, here's what I've learned doing this now for a long time. Put my eyes on him. David got in trouble when he started numbering people. I ain't numbered people. People are going to be here because people are going to want to be here. Because they found a place to call home, found a park to be a body, to do something. And listen, we'll work all the little minor details out later. All the little issues that we all have. See, we all have issues. Listen, it's like interviewing people for a job. You're interviewing for skill. It's later on you find out they got mama and daddy issues. 
It's later on you find out you should have hired the guy's mama to clean up the bathroom after him. Come on. See, you, you, don't, you don't interview for emotions and, and, right? You find all that out later and then you're having to work through all that. It's the same way in the body of Christ. See, we all have issues and we're all working through them. That's why it's important that we learn that we're bearing fruit. God set us up for success. He put a place, a process in there, and we have to learn that we're going through our emotions and feelings and issues are all going through a process. Come on. We're all learning to work out our salvation with fear and trembling so that we can bear fruit, advance and accomplish something. See, and what we've accomplished yesterday, man, it overrides all our issues and differences. Come on. It's because we went and were the hands and the feet of Jesus. Man, come on, that's good stuff. See, when we understand that God is after a product, he's after results, then we see clearly that we are in a process and that there will always be defining moments. Holy smokes. There's always going to be defining moments that will challenge our very belief system. There's always going to be defining moments. Do I really believe what this word's saying? There's always going to be moments where you're going to stand there and go, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I don't, know, I don't understand why I'm at this place. I don't understand this season in my life. And quite frankly, you may be doing it through gritted teeth, but at some point, you're gonna have to get there and go, I don't understand why I'm here, but God, I trust you anyway, and I believe. See, that's maturing you. I don't understand why the preacher acts like he don't like me. Come on. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, listen, the enemy's going to work on you just like he works on me. Well, nobody shook my hand today. It's the same devil. Well, nobody even acknowledged my new boots I had on today. I worked for hours polishing these things. Come on. Right? Did all this work up here? Ain't nobody said a dang thing about them lights. I worked my tail off on a song list and nobody showed up. Come on. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. It happens all the time. See, because the enemy's always, listen. That's why it's important that the body of Christ mature. Because you're not going to accomplish something if we're always worried about the little nitpicking things. Well, I don't know who put the toilet paper on upside down this week, but it's... Come on. It happens. You're just lucky you got toilet paper. See, God's going to shake loose everything that's not God. 
That's going to be God. Who took Jesus into the wilderness to be tested? The Holy Ghost. The devil didn't take him out there. The Holy Spirit took him to the wilderness, to the devil. Come on. Let's see what you're on. Let me tell you something. The more you read this word, the more the enemy's going to try you. Do you believe what you're reading? Come on. See, bearing fruit's vital for the kingdom because that's how it works to accomplish and to advance. That's just how it works. We've tried to not bear fruit of the Spirit in the church. It just doesn't work. It ain't advancing. It ain't accomplishing nothing. John 15. Look in John 15, 4. We've been in John 15 for some time now. Look at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm in the vine, you are in the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, you're not abiding in DCC. You're abiding in the vine. And when you're abiding in the vine, come on, then you're bearing much fruit. See, that's how that works. We all have to be connected to Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him, right? And so we have to be connected into him. See, when we are walking by the Spirit and bearing fruit, we're maturing in the Word. And we're learning to operate at a very high level of maturity. And that's what we need to see right now in the body of Christ. A higher level of maturity. See, and that's what grows the body of Christ. Because what happens is, is we all respond to what's going on out there in the country as one. See, when we as the body of Christ respond as one, people go, there's peace in that. There's stability in that. There's confidence in that. Come on. And that's when they go, I want what you got. Well, all we got is Jesus, and here's what you do. You just hook in. Come on. You don't have to be perfect. You ain't got to sign no papers. You ain't, come on. You're just going to hook in. I believe. Here's how it works. When the enemy comes to you and tells you you're worthless and we all are too, you just say, I believe. God's taken me somewhere to promises. Peace of mind. He's going to restore, come on, hope. He's going to restore joy. He's going to restore my peace. Come on. 
because he's in the restoration business. Look in Ephesians. Come on, that's, that's good, man. I, let me tell you, God is in the restoration business. And I, listen, and we see so many broken lives. When you're a Christian and you're walking, listen, you're going to see broken lives. That's what's going to make you a Christian. Hear me. When you're a Christian and you're reading the word and you're in Christ, you're going to see things totally different. You're going to start seeing broken lives. Now, you've got a, you've got a response to that. You can do something or you can do nothing. Do nothing, you're going to be miserable and you're not, come on. And you're going to do something and whatever you do, it's going to drain you. Listen, it ain't easy to get them calls to go sit on a porch with a guy that's dying. But let me tell you, I dread it every time. But when I leave there, and they make the right choice, I rejoice. When I see a body riddled with cancer and they're dying, and let me tell you, you don't have, you don't have to have all the right words. You don't even have to know the right prayer. There's no right prayer. You know what I do? Here's what I do. I tell them, you pray. Because let me tell you, a dying man that doesn't know exactly where they're going, I don't care how tough he is, he's going to look right at you and he's going to go, I'm scared. And I'm telling you, the most amazing thing you will ever do in your life is to say, come on, we're going to pray. And then I always go, you pray. You ask God to forgive you. You ask God. Some of the most amazing prayers I've ever heard is when I shut up and I let the dying man pray. Some of the most profound prayers. And let me tell you, you just leave there Come on. Because you didn't do anything, but he believed. He said the prayer. And when you see them break, and they ask Jesus to forgive them, you can watch a mountain of regret and fear and worry leave their shoulders. I've watched families come on 
let me tell you, that's bearing fruit for the kingdom. That's what we're called to do. Is when the dying need hope, you're there. Come on. They know where to go. They know who to call. They know who to call. Ephesians chapter 4. Come on. That's advancing the kingdom. That's accomplishing. Ephesians 4, 11. We've read this a million times here. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. That is the mandate. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Look in verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects, into him who is the head, even Christ. The body of Christ looks like Jesus. Come on. The body of Christ looks like Jesus, and it looks like we, we, we grow up in it. We learn to function and do and work as Christ called us to love to speak the truth in love, come on, not condemning, not to make everybody feel guilty because we need more people, come on. But we are to speak the truth in love. I can't do anything except point you to Jesus. Come on. You're gonna develop that belief system every time I try to connect your hand and his hand. That's our job. That's your job on your job, job. <laughs> Come on. Let me tell you, you'll be surprised at how many times you'll be the spiritual father, spiritual mother to those that, on your job, at school, uh, your neighborhood. Our job is when we are bearing fruit, when we are growing and we're going through the process we're constantly pointing people to Jesus so that we can connect their hand with God's hand and then we, we continue on. See, the result of having the five-fold ministry at work is to mature and grow the body to its fullness in Christ Jesus. That's the result that God's after. A mature body of believers not griping and complaining about who didn't get to cook the Christmas turkey. Come on. See, that's why we have to do this God's way, not man's way. See, bearing fruit of the Spirit 
is what matures and grows the body of Christ. That's what does it. Jeremiah 17, and I'm going to close. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. <laughs> oh, man. I could go on for another hour about that. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. Let, let, let me break this down. Cursed is the man. I looked that word up and it says, cursed is the valiant warrior. Come on, man. You, you got to get a hold of this. Cursed is the valiant warrior who trusts in mankind. Because when you're trusting in mankind and man, let me tell you what's going to take your vitality and your fighting spirit. My God, somebody should have jumped up. Cursed is the valiant warrior who trusts in human beings who are common sort. Let me just put that that way. And makes flesh his strength. And whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert. In other words, he'll be like a tumbleweed with no root. Just being blown around all over the... Come on. A valiant warrior with no roots. Just a tumbleweed. And will not see when prosperity comes. How many Christians in this time which we live who had no root are so worried about this economy? Come on. About their job or who's president or who's in office or who's... The, come on. They will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitation. Wow. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Oh man, come on, y'all stand. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Who trusts in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that, extend, that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, looky here, nor cease to yield fruit. Come on, man. How important is it to be planted in the house of the Lord? How important is it? Because listen, 
there is always going to be a season of drought and stress. Uh, come on. There's always going to be that. Always has been. It's been around forever. Listen, uh, you go all the way back to Genesis and you can see there was drought and famine. Always. There's always going to be seasons in our life that are always going to be dry. And it's just like Jim said. You have to remind yourself. Come on, David, when he showed up at Ziklag and the enemy came in and came and just took everything he owned. What did he do? Encouraged himself in the Lord. David, you can read in the Psalms where it said, Oh, my soul, why are you distressed? Come on, there's going to be times of distress. But if you're in the vine, you're abiding in the vine, when you're faced with drought, and situations and circumstances and you say is this an obedience test or is this a faith test do I need to repent or do I need to stand and wait because it doesn't matter what's going on if you're planted you're still bearing fruit and that's the body of Christ not to fall apart, not to be all anxious, and not to be, come on, but the body of Christ says, you know what? I'm still going to show up to the battle. I'm still going to lift my hands. I'm still going to praise God when I don't see Him, when I don't feel like it, when I, come on. David said in Psalms 1, Verse 1, and, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of, of water which yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. That's powerful. That's a promise. Write that, put it on your icebox. Whatever I do prospers. JJ, every morning, whatever I do prospers because I'm going to be planted. Come on. I woke up. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Listen, study to show yourself approved. When you study the word, that means you are abiding in the vine and a workman doesn't have to be ashamed come on see when we delight in the word of the Lord see that's what Psalms 1 says delight yourself in the word of the Lord see when trials come we stand on that word and we prove God's word true.
and then we're bearing fruit and we're maturing and we're accomplishing and we're advancing and that's preserving the kingdom and that's what it's about for the next generation for the next generation come on Father we thank you we give you the praise and we give you the glory Father because we know without you we can't do this Lord help us to be mindful of when we need to repent and obey or to stand in faith and Father we thank you in the day in which we live, you're doing something so exciting. Father, we can see the churches, the, we can see the body that's accomplishing and, and, and being fruitful. We can see that across this whole country. Father, how exciting to be living in a day where you're shaking things off. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're gonna do in this nation the revival that's coming, that's here. Lord, we thank you that we'll be able to be laborers in this harvest. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.